Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You. It's great to be with you today. Have some great news. We have a hard date now for the release of our new book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. Because of COVID, the entire publishing industry has been set back, so we've been in a waiting mode, but uh, the book is in print right now and will be out on February 20th. And if you'd like to order this new book, you can go to israelteam.org and order the book today. As well, if you'd like weekly updates about Israel and the Jewish people and what's happening globally, uh, you can go to our website, israelteam.org, and give us your address, and we'll mail you free of charge a weekly update of uh, Israel and what's going on there, and as well as the rise of anti-Semitism around the world. We have a very interesting program today. We're going to speak with Dr. Marlene Warshawski-Yalom, the Director of Education for the American Center for Yad Vashem. Yad Vashem, of course, is the Museum and Memorial of the Shoah, the Holocaust. It's located in Jerusalem, Israel. In my first trip to Israel in 2002, I visited Yad Vashem, and I was undone. And to be honest with you, I've never recovered after the experience of going through that museum and seeing uh, the plight of the Jewish people during the Holocaust. And Yad Vashem shows how one of the most civilized countries in the world, Germany, could have come to a place of believing that murdering 6 million Jews, 1.5 million of them being children, was a moral and humane thing to do. We must remember that Germany was a Christian nation made up of evangelicals and, and Catholic Christians. The Germans were defeated in World War I. The country was broken, decimated, and hungry. And along comes Adolf Hitler, and he appeals to Germany's anger. A fierce nationalism is birthed, and Christians tried to mix their faith with a political ideology of national pride. In the final analysis, Christianity was not a barrier to Nazism. In fact, as the war progressed and the Holocaust raged on, the battles that were waged against Germany's enemies became a war in the name of Christianity. German Christians believed they were defending good by waging war against evil. They believed they were fighting for God against the devil, for Germans against the Jew. They believed their nationalistic movement was a spiritual one, and their objective in many quarters was to preserve Christianity. Hitler was cunningly and deceptively in his manipulation of the Christian masses into believing that the Nazi party was foremost a Christ-centered movement that would preserve Christian uh, Christianity in Germany. The Holocaust is the unfinished business of the church today because of the identity of Hitler's accomplices. A nation embraced his plan for the extermination of the chosen people, willingly and enthusiastically. And a good question to ask ourselves today is who is responsible for the Holocaust? Do we accuse Hitler? Should we hold the German nation responsible? At whose feet do we lay the blame? In which direction do we point the finger of judgment and proclaim with certainty, there is the murderous scoundrel, he did it. To do so would be uncomplicated because Hitler was a madman and thus an easy target. We can blame it on Hitler's anti-Semitic ideology of race. We can say that he was 
crazy and be done with it. We can attempt to avoid the massacre of six million Jewish men, women, and children because it happened 80 years ago, and many of us were not even born at that time. It's a frightening prospect, I believe, to ask who was responsible for the Holocaust, and that's why few ask it. And the truth is that Adolf Hitler did not act alone. Who then were his accomplices? Who were the monsters who poured the Ziklong B gas into the gas chambers of asphyxiation and death? Who were the women, over 3,000 women, many of them young women, who served as commanders and guards in the death camps, and young men as well who served as commanders and guards in the death camps? Who were the young German men in the Einsatzgruppen, the killing squads, uh, were all, they all, were murderers and sadistics? Were they crazed, antisocial psychopaths, or just everyday people who got swept up into extremism? And at Yad Vashem, there's a hall of remembrance. It chronicles the names of the victims and the place where they were murdered and the date uh, in time they were murdered. Each victim has a number. My family perished in the Holocaust, and my family's number is 39111. They were murdered by young German soldiers in these hunting packs, the Einsatzgruppen, who went through villages in Ukraine, other parts of Europe, and dragged Jews into open pastures. They were forced to dig their own graves, and they were machine gunned to death. My uncle Shlomo and his wife Sima and their children and grandchildren dug their own graves, and before they were machine gunned to death, the last thing they would have seen as they looked upon the killers was the words inscribed in the belt of every German soldier, and here's where the words, Gott mit uns, which means God is with us. And so because of the vast Christian complicity during the Holocaust, Christians today need to ask themselves some deeply important and honest questions. And... First of all, who was responsible? Why do we need to remember the Holocaust? What, what's so important for us for Holocaust education today? And here to answer that question today is uh, Dr. Marlene uh, Warshawski-Yahalom. And just over a week ago was Holocaust Remembrance Day. And why is it important for a person to remember that this horrific stain on human history needs to be remembered? And so Marlene, is uh, Dr. Marlene Warshawski-Yahalom. She's a PhD. She's the Director of Education of the American Society for Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial and Museum in Jerusalem, Israel. She is responsible for educational outreach and programs, professional development, teacher training, student programming, and traveling exhibitions to raise the public's awareness of the lessons of the Holocaust. Marlene er at Columbia University and wrote her thesis on the role of archives in remembering the Holocaust, a study in collective memory. Marlene is a child and grandchild of Holocaust survivors. So Marlene, welcome to Israel and You today. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. And Marlene, we're so honored to have you. And again, you know, Yad Vashem played such a key role in my life, in my understanding of the Holocaust and, you know, my first trip through that museum in Israel, I, I spent an entire day there and I went back to next day and the, and the next just to try to comprehend, you know, how did this happen? I mean, how did a civilized nation uh, come to this point of uh, 
believing that massacring six million Jewish people was a humane or moral thing to do. So it's very important that we remember. And so Marlene, I guess the first question I have for you is, why is it so important today for Christians to understand and remember the Holocaust? Uh, thank you for your question. Uh, I would like to uh, refer to uh, your comment about visiting Yad Vashem. Okay. Uh, in Israel, just to give a little bit of a background about the institution, I think it would uh, shed light to many points that I'd like to think we're, we're going to speak about today. Uh, the idea of Holocaust remembrance began in 1949 in Israel, where initially uh, the idea of Holocaust remembrance focused on saying prayers for the Holocaust victims who perished. The problem with uh, leaving Holocaust remembrance to that was it did not give the right message of what went on during the Holocaust in terms of the experience of the Jewish people. So in 1951, uh, the Israeli parliament established the Yad Vashem law, which uh, directed uh, Israel as a nation to establish an institution to educate, commemorate, and memorialize the Holocaust with equal uh, mention of the heroism and bravery that existed during the war. And as a result of this, in 1953, Yad Vashem was established. So the educational mission of Yad Vashem is to talk about all the things you mentioned, um, but specifically to focus on the Jewish experience during the war, how Jewish life survived and, and prevailed after the war, and not just about Jewish death. So Holocaust remembrance is strongly connected to this, because when we remember the Holocaust, we want to think about all the different components, the victims who perished, the bravery, and the life and resilience uh, that prevailed after the war. So you correctly mentioned International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which takes place uh, every year on January 27th. It commemorates uh, the date in 1945 where the Soviet army liberated Auschwitz-Birkenau, the largest Nazi death camp. But there are other days to remember the Holocaust, which tells us how many different components we have to think about. So we think about the liberators and the rescuers and the victims, which is Holocaust Remembrance Day in April. So uh, to go back to your original question, education is so important uh, for every grade, every age level, and every level of higher learning because the more information we have about the Holocaust, the more correctly it is remembered and commemorated, the more we can think about preserving the information for future generations to learn the important lessons to think about why the perpetrators did what they did, how the victims responded, in what situations could they respond, and how people had the moral courage to be a rescuer, and even what uh, led people to do nothing and be bystanders. You know, in our book, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It, uh, you wrote a chapter Chapter 10 in our book, Marlene, about collective memory and the importance of remembering. And I'm just going to read a quote uh, from your chapter that uh, you gave. The Holocaust also demonstrates the atmosphere in which genocide can take place. The beliefs that result in the genocide survive because the political and social climate makes these beliefs acceptable and unchallenged. The Holocaust, therefore, must be remembered because it is an example of how these trends can and do become more threatening. 
And so I, I guess like what you're saying is it's important to remember because we, we don't want this ever ha to happen again. I, I was reading uh, Ellie Wiesel's uh, statement when Yad Vashem was dedicated uh, many years ago. And Ellie Wiesel, of course, is a Holocaust survivor. And he said, we walk through the museum. It is the objective of the museum to cause people to cry. And he said, no, that would be too easy. Uh, but he said the, the objective is that when you walk through that you remember so that the world becomes a better place. And I, I guess that's a very important reason to remember is that we can prevent something like this. When we see the trends happening like this, we can prevent it from happening again. Is that a fair statement, Marlene? I, I think it's a very fair statement. Uh, the idea of trying to make the world a better place and, uh, uh, it, it suggests what role education plays because we want to understand the circumstances where any genocide could start uh, in very early stages to see what factors uh, need to be taken into account. Examples from Nazi Germany is the, the role of propaganda and brainwashing that took place, um, which allowed Hitler such an easy path to rise to power. And the same trajectory occurs in so many times in history. So the more we understand what happened at a specific historical event, such as the Holocaust, the more alert we can be to see the warning signs and try and be proactive uh, against it happening again. You know, we, we recently, we were on a college campus and that's what we do, Marlene, is we, we try to help students, college campuses, uh, millennial students understand the Holocaust, what took place, and recently we did a man on the street uh, uh, interviews with students walking by. We had permission and we asked three questions. What was the Holocaust? Second question, do the Jewish people have the right of self-determination to live in their own land? And uh, is Hamas a terrorist organization or a humanitarian organization? And the, um, the answers these students gave were remarkable. You know, first of all, they said Jews don't have the right to live in Israel. Uh, they also said that Hamas is an organization of peace. And most of the students we interviewed, Marlene, were not aware that there even was a Holocaust. So uh, there's a trend today, and we're, we're gonna talk about that when we come back, about the trend of Holocaust denial, uh, the trend of uh, students that, that don't understand what took place. Many of them don't know that there were six million Jews that died. Uh, during the Holocaust. There's, there's a, a lot of work for, for all of us to do in the Christian world, in the secular world. There's work for Yad Vashem to do in, in educating uh, America on this important topic. So we'll catch you on the other side. Hey, this is Aaron Free, and I'm so excited to announce that uh, coming out in the month of February is our new publication, a book entitled The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. The FBI says that in the last year, there's been a 37% rise of anti-Semitic activity in the United States. And so this book, we confront this issue. And as Christians, we cannot remain silent in the face of growing anti-Semitism on college campuses that are secular and on Christian campuses. And so we're seeing that this rise of anti-Semitism 
It's causing so many of our young evangelical students to turn away from Israel. In the Middle Ages, Jews were persecuted because of their religion. In the 19th and 20th centuries, they were reviled because of their race. Today, Jews are attacked and hated because of their nation-state Israel. Denying Jews the right of self-determination in their own land is the new anti-Semitism. For centuries, anti-Semites have justified their hatred of the Jews. In the Middle Ages, it was religion. During the Holocaust, it was science and the study of race. Jews were seen as not even part of the human race, and they were exterminated. Today, it's human rights. And whenever you hear people proclaim that Jews are not supporting human rights, you are hearing the new anti-Semitism. On college campuses, we're hearing the mantra, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That means that they're trying to ethnically cleanse Israel of all Jews. So this month, we have a special offer for $50. If you go to IsraelTeam.org, and for a donation of $50, we'll mail you an autographed copy of this book. Some of the authors are Jay Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice, Stuart Roth from the American Center of Law and Justice, Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, Coach Dale Brown from LSU. So go to IsraelTeam.org, join the fight with us, and we will send you this wonderful new book, The Casualty of Contempt. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. Our special guest today is Dr. Marlene Warshawski. Yahalom. She's the Director of Education for the American Society for Yad Vashem. And we're talking today about the importance of remembering the Holocaust. We're talking about uh, Yad Vashem, the museum in Jerusalem, Israel. And we're going to jump into this trend that's going on right now across the world, even here in America, of Holocaust denial. So Marlene, how is that even possible when there's so much in history, there's film, there's books, and how is it possible that people today, especially in college campuses, professors are are denying the Holocaust? How is this possible? Uh, Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, Holocaust denial is the trend to to support the claim that the Holocaust either did not happen or a Holocaust denial can also be Holocaust distortion of distorting the information. And surprisingly enough, uh, this movement began even before uh, 1945. Uh, we, we can read about and do research on the actions of the Nazi party where even before the war was over, before they officially lost, they started destroying traces and all the evidence possible of their crimes. An example would be in Auschwitz-Birkenau, the largest Nazi death camp, where uh, towards the end of the war, uh, there were efforts and successful efforts to blow up uh, many sites on the Auschwitz-Birkenau complex, which was approximately 470 acres. The only remaining parts of the camp are uh, in Auschwitz, uh, in Birkenau itself, which is what you can go see today. But even as early as 1944, uh, the Nazis tried to destroy evidence. That includes documentation, photographs, and artifacts in the form of the campsites because they did not want traces to the crimes that they committed. This uh, whole uh, ideology developed into scholars 
claiming that the Holocaust didn't happen, using uh, information and distorting the interpretations of the information. For example, the Jews were not really gas, they moved, uh, they just left the country. And those are just some uh, examples, but it's, it's a movement that is a big threat to Holocaust memory. And it is also, uh, to say the least, disrespectful to all the victims that perished in the Holocaust. The way to counter this movement is to spread information and uh, enrich education about the Holocaust, make it relevant in classrooms, make it relevant in class time, and enlighten people about all the aspects of learning about the Holocaust, and even in a positive way that is not just talking about destruction, but really how life survived during the war and after the war. And when doing so, it makes the Holocaust more relevant and a good example to learn about uh, for historical lessons. Your website is Yad Vashem, and that's Y-A-D-V-A-S-H-E-M-U-S-A.org is an educational website that will help parents, students uh, grasp the meaning uh, of the Holocaust, remember the Holocaust, understand uh, how it happened uh, in, in uh, Germany. So kind of walk us through your website, Marlene, to s show us how we can uh, Thank you. gain a greater understanding. Thank you. I am on our website right now. Our organization, Just a Two Minute Summary, is located in New York City. We existed for 40 years since 1981, and we support Yad Vashem in Israel in education, research, and impactful philanthropy. We have an education department that was established in 1999, and I'm happy to share information about our work for you. Yeah, our great. educational outreach uh, exists and continues uh, to work even virtually throughout the United States. And um, you, you're more than welcome to contact me if you need more information about programs and uh, professional development opportunities. So if you look on top, if you touch the education line, uh, there's a link that's for educators, and then there's our teachers conference. If you look at for educators, we have different descriptions of what we offer, primarily in professional development. We have traveling exhibits uh, that circulate around the country on four different aspects of the Holocaust. We have one uh, on the Auschwitz-Birkenau uh, complex. It is blueprints, documents, maps, and photographs that were found completely by chance in Berlin. And this was uh, created and developed by Yad Vashem in Israel into a very interesting and fascinating museum exhibit. It shows the work of the perpetrators um, and how the planning of Auschwitz-Birkenau existed as early as uh, 1940 or 1941, because that's when the blueprints um, were completed. The next uh, exhibit we have is No Child's Play. This is about the experience of Jewish children during the war. As you know, uh, uh, 1.5 million children uh, were murdered, Jewish children were murdered during the war. This exhibit is in memory of these children. And it talks about how children lived before 1939 during the war and how they had the resilience to survive the lucky ones uh, after the war. 
Bessa, A Code of Honor, is a fascinating exhibit about the rescuers uh, known and awarded by Yad Vashem as the title of Righteous Among the Nations. This exhibit talks about the oath of Bessa, or loyalty and hospitality, that existed in Albania uh, during the war. And Albania was able to rescue 2,000 Jews uh, 2,000 Jews uh, remained there throughout the Holocaust. It is the only mm. country in Europe that there were more Jews living there after the war than before the war. Wow. And this exhibit is a tribute to the Albanian heroes. The last exhibit we have is about the Eichmann trial. This is uh, photographs, documents, and images of the evidence used in the Eichmann trial, which took place in 1963, the, the name of the exhibit is With Me Here Are Six Million Accusers. It is a fascinating exhibit about the trial, and it's in, in very engaging in topics about jurisprudence, uh, ethics, and morality, and also, uh, how, of course, Holocaust history. Then we have an example of professional development workshops that we created using educational resources from Yad Vashem in Israel that were produced by the International School for Holocaust Studies. These uh, workshops are available for teachers and for students. And uh, for more information, you're welcome to contact me directly. Uh, my email is on the bottom. Then if you go over on the top line again, uh, after education, there's a column, Explore Yad Vashem, and that connects you to the website and to the museum in Israel, and you have different options there to look through the museum, the archives, and to learn more uh, about any information you could be looking for about the Holocaust. We also have, uh, uh, going back to the education link, we have our teachers conference coming up on March 7th. This will be a two-hour program. It's It will be virtual. Uh, it's History Repeats Itself, Making Sure Our Students Are Listening is the title. Hmm. Uh, this is a program in its 23rd year. Our keynote speakers this year are Alicia Wiesel, the son of Ellie Wiesel, wow. uh, the renowned Holocaust survivor and author and Nobel uh, Peace Prize <clears throat> laureate, and Shulamit Imber, the head of pedagogy at Yad Vashem. They will have a dialogue about the, the main topic we're having. And then there'll be a one hour workshop given by Shulamit Imber about the book Night, which as you know, is uh, written by Ellie Wiesel. So we invite you to join and be at our program uh, on March 7th. And there's that's, information that's about that yeah. uh, on our website as well. You can just register online. That's amazing, Marlene. And, and I know that American Family Association, uh, we've talked about their uh, program right now to try to help with Holocaust education in uh, their producing of this book, Rosen Odette Abafu Abalafia, who is written by Joy Lucius from AFA. And uh, they're, they're doing wonderful work in <clears throat> helping to educate, you know, the Christian community in, in the Holocaust. So Marlene, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. And uh, it's always good to talk to you. You're, you're, uh, uh, you're a witness, and you're standing as a witness uh, for all the, the, those witnesses that, that perished in the Holocaust. And again, this month, 
Uh, we're offering our new book. Marlene wrote one of the chapters, The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism. You can go to our website, israelteam.org, and order the book. If you give us your email, we'll send you a free weekly update of uh, Israel and the Jewish people around the world. We'll see you next week on Israel and You. Thanks for being with me, Marlene. My pleasure. Good luck to everybody. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.